Hey, we have a special guest today for our summer stories, uh, Pastor Frank Potter. Let me kind of give you an explanation of, we are, we are an Assembly of God church, you probably know that. And the good thing about the Assemblies of God church is we are allowed to kind of be our own church without uh, having to conform to all the same methods. So if you went to an Assemblies of God church 10 minutes from, from here, it might look a lot different in the, in the way they approach things and maybe some of the songs they might sing, whatever. But we all are a corporate fellowship, and what that means as Assembly of God churches, we agree to adhere to the fundamental truths, and we adhere to the authority of our superintendent and the district office. And so today we have a, a very special guest. He is the newly elected superintendent of the Potomac Ministry Network, and he's going to share with us today. So let's give us a, a warm welcome to Pastor Frank Potter, can we? Oh, bless you. I, um, I, I said to the guys earlier that, wow, I think it should like video the first message and then just play it the next two services. It'd be a little bit easier. Um, and where is Ray? Did he, he dropped me off. He probably left. Um, he broke a couple of speeding violations. <laughs> um, no, it is great to be with you. Uh, Pastor Stan and I have been friends for a long time, and he's quite a bit older than I am. And um, uh, it is just, it's an honor to share this pulpit this morning and, and to be with you. I, I do believe, how many of you believe in divine appointments? That if we are a child of God and you believe God's word, the word of God says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And so I, I believe, I practice that, I believe that daily that I never have a chance encounter that God is ordering my footsteps. And if that be the case, then I was ordered to be here this morning. And if that be the case for you, guess what? You were ordered to be here this morning. And if the Holy Spirit has coordinated this meeting right now, then there is a good chance that the Holy Spirit could take a moment to speak something into our life where we will never, ever be the same again. When you have an encounter with God, God doesn't change. We do. Come on, don't get quiet on me. I, I was, I came in this morning to first service and, and somebody came over, shook my hand and, and I thought I was Dave Ramsey. And <laughs> I, I get I get that everywhere I go. It's either Dave Ramsey or Brad Pitt. People get me confused all the time. Um, it just happens that way. So, I, you know, the, the best way to keep me awake, you ever seen somebody fall asleep during their own sermon? The best way to keep me awake is every once in a while somebody say amen. Okay? So, um, but I do believe that we have a divine encounter. We have an opportunity to do something this morning that will radically change our life. If we believe in divine appointments, you did not choose him. He chose you. He chose us. And he ordained for us to go and bring forth fruit and that our fruit should remain. That whatsoever we ask of him, it shall be done. So if he has ordered our steps, he chose us. Of all the other people that's in this area, he chose you. He chose me to be here at this particular moment. I want to talk to you uh, about one word today, transform. 
And when you, when you get this word in your spirit, every time you hear it, you're going to remember this thought that, that we are not to be conformed, we are to be transformed. To be conformed is to chase something that's always changing, but to be transformed is to chase something that never changes. How many of you know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? He can't change. He is faithful. He is he's, he's loving. I, the, the Mount of Transfiguration passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 9, if you have your Bible in Mark chapter 9, I'd like for you to read it with me, and I, and I love the, the worship service this morning because sometimes the Holy Spirit just does something in worship that confirms the Word, and when you see that, then you've got to lay hold that the Holy Spirit is here to say something to you. When you sing the song that He will even ascend mountains after you, and we're talking about this mountain here, the Holy Spirit has brought something to our attention that He wants you to hear. And um, as as Pastor said this morning, there, and introducing me, we have roughly 350 churches in this network, and I travel all over. We are somewhere nearly every other week at least, and it, it would be easy to come up with a message or two and just make sure you don't preach that same message in the same place twice. But my conviction is wherever I'm going is praying and seeking God that week to see what verse of Scripture is needed at that particular moment. And, and when God has assembled this meeting right here, this is a moment that the Holy Spirit has given to us. And, and, it, and it is our, our obligation, if you will, to steward that moment well and to hear what God is saying. So read with me, if you would, starting at verse 2, chapter 9. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain to be alone. Where they were all alone, there he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so afraid. Then a cloud appeared and covered them. And a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Peter was kind of a, an interesting character of all, of all the places in Scripture that I would like to, to have been at. This is one of the places right here. Wouldn't it have been amazing to be on the mountain of transfiguration? Wouldn't it have been amazing the word that became flesh to dwell among us was now becoming the word manifested again, coming out from the inside out in such a glory form that the only way it could be described was something so bright, something so white, like it's never been seen before, that, that there's nothing that we know in our existence that can be that bright. And, and now they're afraid there's something going on here with Jesus and, and a couple of others appear on this mountain and Peter speaks up uh, from the, a, he was terrified. He had to say something and he said, he said, let's make three altars. Let's build three shelters. The same Peter that if you go back in the previous chapter, there's miracles going on and, and he's following Jesus and Jesus says to Peter, whom do men say that I am? And then he, and he says to Peter, what about you? What do you say? And Peter says, well, you're the Christ, the Son of God. And, and, and Jesus says, Peter, you're blessed because 
flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. If this morning you're a child of God, if you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, can I tell you that that flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but the Holy Spirit came to you and opened your eyes and and spoke to you in your heart and, and your life was changed because of an encounter that you had with God. You came to him not because you chose him, but because he chose you. Peter, then, then Peter again, just being the way he was, Jesus was speaking in that moment, in that conversation. Jesus is speaking of his death that had to happen. And Peter says, look, Jesus, we can't really let that happen. And Jesus turns to Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. This is the same Peter that there's a storm happening and they're throwing stuff out of the boat trying to save their lives. And, and in Bible times, there, there was a belief, it was a custom that before you died, you saw a ghost. And so now there's this aberration walking out on the water and they think it's a ghost. Now they know they're all going to die. And Jesus speaks up and says, be still, it's, it's I. And, and there is Peter again, and he just sees that he's terrified, thinking he's going to die. Now it's Jesus, and he says, Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come. And he steps out and starts walking on. This is the same Peter. Now he's on the Mount of Transfiguration, and we read before, you know, it's one thing getting a rebuke. It's another thing getting a rebuke from Jesus. But then he gets rebuked from God. He said, God says to him, look, this one is my son. Listen to him. Because Peter was struggling with this whole crucifixion thing, this whole death thing Peter was struggling with. But the point of of that passage and the point of that experience is just simply this. There is a transformation that happens. And I believe that as an example, that there is a transformation that happens to you as a child of God. As a child of God, you no longer, when you come into the kingdom, you no longer are conformed. You are being transformed. You are no longer following patterns and things that are changing all the time. You are running after the one that can never change. I, I have this cell phone up here, and I'm just about the time that I figure out, I, it's only because I'm getting older, I know, but just, just about the time I figure out what some of these buttons are for, there's three newer ones. How many of you feel the same way? You don't have to raise your hand. You know, some, just about the time you get caught up, you really are never caught up. But that's what conformity does. You, what are you chasing after? What is it that you're trying to look like? What is it that you're trying to listen to? Who are you trying to be? That will always change. Somebody is always raising the bar. Somebody's always doing something different. Styles and fads and, and even convictions and so forth. All those things. When you're, when you're being conformed, you never kept. But when you are transformed. There's something different. When you are transformed, people notice there's something different. When you're transformed, you go through similar experiences, but you come out different ways. When you are transformed, you think different. When you're transformed, you talk different. When you're transformed, you feel different. There, there's a peace that passes understanding. When you're transformed, there's joy unspeakable and it's full of glory. When you're transformed, you know life that, that is more abundant because you're being transformed. Come on, somebody, you can help me. When you're being transformed, something is different. When you are being, when you conform, then you're compromising. But when you are being transformed, then you stand strong even in trial. And, and, and this would be my conviction. I'm not trying to certainly write new theology by any means, but, but I believe that relationship is established on the mountain and your experiences are established in the valley. 
But because we tend to think that we live from valley to valley, we are always going through something that makes us a victim. And God's intention for us is not for us to be the victim, but to be victorious. Come on, somebody. You're not the victim. You are to be victorious. And so I like to say that I am going from mountaintop to mountaintop experience. I am in a relationship with the Lord. I walk in the Spirit, and I, and I pray in the Spirit because I'm going from mountaintop to mountaintop. Now, I may have to go through a valley or two, but that's not where I live. I'm not living as a victim. I'm not living in a valley. I'm going to live in relationship with the Lord. And there are times, yes, I go through the valley, but I can't establish my relationship in the valley because there are times in the valley where it seems like the prayers are hitting ceiling tiles. There are times in the valley where it just seems like it, that, that everything is against us and all hell is broken loose and everything is going wrong. That's not the time you go through relation. That's the time you experience him. That's the time where you find out that he is indeed the healer when you're sick and the doctors say you can't recover. That's the time in the valley where you have, you experience he's a provider when you can't, you don't have enough from day to day, but somehow God makes a way. It's the valley that you experience things, but it's in the mountain that you have relationship. Let me give you a couple of examples. One would be these three young guys, and, and here is the nation under Babylonian captivity, and, and the king comes along and says, everyone's going to bow, and these three young Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in relationship in such a way that when they were confronted by the furnace being turned up seven times hotter, this is what they said. We know God. We know God is able to deliver us even from this furnace. But even if he chooses not, we're not going to bow to you. Friends, that relationship wasn't established in front of a furnace that's turned up seven times harder. That relationship was established somewhere in an experience in the mountains, somewhere where they established a relationship with God that they knew, that they knew, that they knew that God was able, regardless of what man does, God is able, regardless of what the report is, God is able, that relationship has been established so when they were confronted by the furnace they knew God oh by the way they were right the fourth man showed up the king looks in and because of their relationship and all of a sudden the one that looked like the son of God the entire nation then chooses to follow the God of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego because their relationship wasn't established in front of a furnace Here's a boy that is growing up in the desert tending sheep and he is, he's watching over those sheep and he's writing songs. He's playing the harp. He's singing to God. A relationship with God is a day to day establishment and a lion comes along and God delivers him from a lion. He's in relationship and day to day and he enters another valley. Here's a bear that comes along and God delivers him from the bear. Friends, when he entered into the valley to give his brothers some food only to find out that everybody is hiding behind rocks the entire army. There's a giant in the field. Relationship wasn't established at that moment. He goes to that giant and he stands in front of the giant and he says, you come before me with a sword and a shield, but I come before you in the name of the Lord. Come on. Relationship has already been established. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. Friends, relationships are established prior to that tribulation. 
So there's a, there's a three-letter word that I want to give you that, that just sort of asks the question. And it is just simply, how? How? How can I go from being conformed to being transformed? And it's found in this verse of Scripture in Romans. I don't know if you have it up there. It's found in Romans 12.2. Thank you. Romans 12.2 says this. Here's the simple answer. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not be conformed to a pattern of the world that's always changing, but be transformed by how? The renewing of your mind. You see, the mind, the mind is completely neutral. The mind is completely neutral. What we put in our mind is what we end up becoming. Because the mind is what brings conviction. And it's through conviction in our conscience that the Holy Spirit guides our lives. I was just a, just a kid, and I remember the example that someone gave me, that your conscience is like a triangle inside of a circle. And when something bothers your conscience, that triangle starts turning a little bit, and those edges are sharp. And, and, if, you, and if you respond to that in the right way, then those edges will always stay sharp, and you'll always hear from God, and you'll always feel those convictions. But, but when you let that get seared a little bit, and your conscience, sooner or later, the edges of that triangle just are rubbed off and it's nothing more than a circle inside of a circle and your conscience doesn't bother you in that way anymore listen it's what you put in your mind the word says think on these things whatsoever is good whatsoever is honest whatsoever is a good report think on those things if you put in your mind negativity and 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 all of these all of these things that you're trying to accomplish and trying to do and all of the failure and the shortcomings and the disappointments and you just continue to put in your mind those things then you become a product of that but but if you put in your mind those things that are pure and those things that are praiseworthy you become a product of that because the mind you're transformed right here you got to stop the stinking thinking and if you stop the stinking thinking your life becomes transformed because you're a child of God listen you're not a victim you are victorious you're not a thing tap somebody on the shoulder would you and say you're not a victim you're victorious come on turn to somebody else let's get it down really good you're not a victim you are victorious you might go through a valley but when you go through that valley you are going to know that you're serving the God of gods the king of kings the Lord of lords you're going to know that that becomes your testimony and your experience but my relationship is built on the mountain and i keep putting it in and putting it in and putting it in and putting it in and putting it in that same psalmist i love this and you all know it by heart that same psalmist writes a little something like this he says the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures you know it don't you just say it he leads me beside still waters he refreshes my soul he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake here it is even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for you are with me you're right and your staff they comfort me you, come on now say it with me you prepare 
table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, the psalmist didn't write that verse just in front of a giant. He wrote this verse because he knew God was his shepherd. The Lord was his shepherd. He's going to lack nothing. He doesn't lack the strength to overcome. He doesn't lack the strength to defeat a giant. Come on now. Listen, you are not the victim. You are victorious. I like this verse of Scripture found in 2 Chronicles 4, verses 7 through 10. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. You do know that we're nothing more than jars of clay. God has taken all the broken pieces of our life and he puts it together and we become an incredible mosaic of God's great work. We might walk with a few scars, but we're walking victorious. Matter of fact, as a child of God, you can confidently say this, no weapon. Oh, I wish you were here. As a child of God, you can confidently say this, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. All those who rise up against you, the Bible doesn't say weapons aren't being formed against you. You're going to encounter things, but your relationship isn't established in front of the things you encounter. You experience how big God is in front of the things you encounter. Your relationship, come on, your relationship is established in those quiet times of prayer, in the wee hours of the morning. Your relationship is established by reading God's Word and applying God's Word. Your relationship is established in the fellowship of the household of faith. Your relationship with God is established. You're going to experience things in the the valley. And it's from those experiences that are, those experiences are so powerful. One of my favorite verses in the Bible in Revelation says this, they overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Come on. It's the only place in the Bible where something is added to the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is so powerful. The Hebrews nine says that the blood of Jesus purified heaven. I would have thought that heaven was pretty pure, but the blood of Jesus was that much more pure that it even purified heaven so that no longer is there a wrestling match going on between the prayer and the answer. Now whatsoever we shall ask of him it shall be done. There isn't any power in the heavenlies that can hinder God's answer for you because the blood of Jesus purified heaven. But when it comes to overcoming the word of God says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. How good God is and how faithful God is and how wonderful God is and how many times God was with us and how many times we felt his mercy, how many times we needed his grace, how many times we needed his love. That's what helps us overcome. This word, this passage says this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power Don't you love that? That this all-surpassing power is from God and not us. How can you be transformed? How can you act different? How can you go through that experience different? How can can you always seem like there's joy in you? The joy of the Lord is your strength. How can you always seem like you're coming out of this thing and and these things don't overwhelm you? How come it, it is different? Because what God is doing in this 
jar of clay is not from me. It is his all-surpassing power that is at work in me so that we are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Come on, you got to help me right here. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. I'm going to say it again. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are hard-pressed on every... This guy is nuts. That's okay. I'm hard-pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Friends, relationally, we are victorious. We are not victims. We are victorious. We are not victims. You've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You are victorious. You are not victims. The Holy Spirit came after you and drew you to salvation because God has a divine purpose for your life. You are victorious. You're not victims. He whom the Son set free is free indeed because you are victorious. You are not victims. Your chains have been broken because you are victorious. You're not a victim. Come on, you can help me just a little bit. Bondage no longer has a hold of you. Habits no longer have a hold of you. Despair no longer has a hold of you. Discouragement no longer has a hold on you. Depression is broken over you. Sickness is broken over you. Death no longer has a hold on you because you are victorious. You're not a victim. Jesus name. In Jesus' name, I choose to go from mountain to mountain, not from valley to valley. I choose to live victorious, not to be a victim. I choose to be transformed, and I refuse to conform. If that is you, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, if that is something that resonates within your spirit, I wonder if you wouldn't mind standing with me and lifting a hand up towards heaven and say, Jesus, do that in me right now. Jesus, do that in me. Come on, all over this room, stretch a hand towards heaven. Upstairs there, a hand towards heaven. Come on, speak it for yourself. Jesus, let this be a concert of prayer right now for a minute in this room. Jesus, do this in me. Jesus, do this in me. I refuse to be conformed to this world. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, not of myself, but the power of God that is working within me. I may not know how this whole thing works, but I know this. It's not by power. It's not by might, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of Come on, church, this is what God has for you. It's not, you're not a victim. You are victorious. You are a child of God. You live in victory. You live in victory. Every time you step into a valley, God's going to show you something about him all over again. You live in victory. You live in victory in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We, we did this the previous two services, and, and we want to do it right here, this altar. I grew up in front of an altar. I, I, I'm the seventh of eight kids in my family. I'm the only one that served the Lord. I loved the altar. 
I remember times during worship, I would come. It wasn't in vogue then for kids to gather around the altar, but I remember coming to an altar and praying during worship. And long after worship time, the pastor was preaching. I came to my senses that Wait, I'm, this is a kind of embarrassing. I'm the, and I would walk back to my seat. I just There was something about because the altar alters things. Something changes in you. Sometimes it's easy to come in and, and sit and leave without really making a, a, a step. But listen, if you're here and you heard the Holy Spirit clearly say to you, there's a difference between transformation and conforming. And you don't want to conform. You want to be transformed. You need the help of the Holy Spirit to break some of this stuff off your life so that you can have a clear path of transformation. Would you be bold enough to step out of your seat and come stand here at this altar and allow me just to speak favor and blessing upon your life? Would you do that? Come on, join them. This altar's filled up twice this morning and, and the other campus and stuff because you know what? The child of God is not to live as a victim. We are victorious in every area. We are no longer under condemnation in Christ Jesus. Come on, we're not living that way. We're not going to be overcome by issues and discouragement. We're a child of God and we're choosing, we are choosing to be transformed by the power of God's mercy and God's grace. One more time, lift a hand towards heaven with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, at this altar, all over this room, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we want your Holy Spirit to transform our lives. We want your Holy Spirit to transform our mind, to change the way we think. In the name of Jesus, we want conviction to read and pray. We want conviction about our relationship with you. Lord, we are tired of barely making it from one valley to the next. Lord, we are choosing now to live by one mountain to the next mountain. In the name of Jesus, because we are in relationship with you, we are victorious. We are not victims. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, bring healing. Bring healing in this room. In Jesus' name. Bring victory in this room. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for every stronghold to be broken. In the name of Jesus, over these lives. In Jesus' name. Lord, for every habit to be broken in Jesus' name, Lord, help them to be free right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we choose to live in victory. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word.